Hey guys, Connor here. Just a little disclaimer before we start. There's a certain point in the recording where we just go completely off tangent and talk about various upcoming comic related news and we have decided to keep this in because it might interest a lot of you. Unfortunately, our final verdict on this issue was lost in the recording due to technical issues. Most of it's here, but I will say here that both Carl and I said if you like the first issue, definitely pick this up. If you are lukewarm on the first issue, definitely pick this up. Um, and yeah, if you're skeptical about the series as a whole, I would still just try the first issue. But trying the first two would be better, but you know, comics cost money these days. Anyway, I think it's at about the 40-45 minute mark where we go off tangent a bit for about 15-20 minutes. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Okay, thanks. Bye. Tell me though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Hello, and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. And I'm Carl Stout. And today we're going to be covering the second issue of the new Power Man and Iron Fist series, but obviously not before some news. So a Luke Cage teaser has dropped for his Netflix show, and I have not watched it because, well, it's not an Iron Fist teaser for one, it's not a Daredevil teaser for the other thing, and it's not a Punisher teaser, it's not a Ghost Rider teaser, so I'll get around to it eventually. But I, I posted it on the Facebook page I, hour, about an hour ago. did see that, and I also, I'm two episodes left in Daredevil Season 2, um, as a Daredevil and Punisher fan, it has been, you know, quite good, so... Alright, so let me ask you this, because I still don't have been able to watch a single episode of Jessica Jones because of the content uh, with my three kids running around constantly. Do I need to to watch it? Daredevil? Yes. Oh, God, no. Oh, thank um, God. It's like when they wrote Jessica Jones, it's like, okay, uh, Daredevil's done well. So let's just make Jessica Jones. So when you watch Jessica Jones, there's like a brief... It actually feels weird, because it's supposed to be set in Hell's Kitchen, but there's like no mention of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Daredevil Season 1, the guy was all over the news and everything, but there's a couple of references, but they're just... They're pretty obvious name drops. In fact, they even just say Jessica Jones at one point, um, but you do not need to watch it at all. Um, I mean, to be honest, as I've said before, I thought, like, the first eight episodes of that show were good, but after that, I just thought, if I'm being, um, generous, complete garbage, so, yeah. Like, Luke Cage is good, though. Um, anyway, so yes, and, uh, Iron Fist was also confirmed by Marvel to be cast, and they pretty much said, yep. This guy seemed pretty good at acting like Danny Rand, so we cast him. Yay. Um, Marvel finally puts their big boy pants on and admits it almost two weeks after the kids dropped. Yeah, maybe they were waiting for it to sync with the Luke Cage um, teaser. Because I'm going to be guessing that he's going to be popping up in that. Um... And I mean, I, I will say, uh, so for you Daredevil fans like me, well, we already obviously love the first season, I will say the second season is better. Um, and for you Punisher fans like me, oh boy, just strap in. It's great. You'll love it. So get get excited for Daredevil Season 2. And when it comes to Iron Fist references in Daredevil Season 2, I'm obviously not going to go into any spoilers here, but there's not really any direct effort to do it like there was in Season 1. But there's things that pop up that can be, you know, used later. Like, for instance, at one point they mentioned Chinatown's the only area in New York that's pretty much as bad as Hell's Kitchen. So, 
you know, I'm guessing that's where Danny's going to be hanging out. Mm. Hopefully. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, you could hang out in Australia for all I cared. I guess it'd be a bit boring, though. Unless he was in Melbourne, but, yeah. Um, I think all that right. covers all the news. Uh, yep. I'm going to say that's about it. Cool. Alright, so let's get into this issue. So, Power Man and Iron Fist, issue two. I do not have any variants on me, but I do have the, you know, cover. Um, it's Luke Cage in a suit that doesn't quite fit, walking down the street with a goofy, smiling Danny, wearing his same outfit as he was last issue, and there's a bunch of signs which are pointing in various directions, like street signs, and there's... You know, people all around them, like, texting and taking photos and stuff. Uh, Danny's dragging a guy, what just looks like a thug, behind him, and Luke Cage has got one over his shoulder. Correct. There is only two covers to this issue, apparently. The normal one, which is what you just described, and there's a variant one, which is a spin-off of the two-page 80s advertisements done hmm. in the reverse. The original advertisement was they had a full page of Iron Fist uh, from pretty much the neck up, holding one finger up, saying, keep this quiet if you don't buy the newest issue of Iron Fist. Uh, Luke's going to be really mad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Check it out every month. It's our book. And then the opposing page to that was... A picture of Power Man pointing his finger at the screen, at the, like the reader, uh, yelling, saying, "You know, pick up this issue, or I'm going to hurt you." Kind of much. Yeah. Where the variants done in the opposite style, where it's Luke and Danny. Luke is holding baby Danielle, and Danny's laying down. The, you need to buy this book or else. And Luke's in the background going, "Uncle Danny's funny, isn't he, Danielle?" So um, I'm guessing we'll post those on our Facebook page. I will find them and post them when we are done recording. Cool. Awesome. Which should be now. See yous. <laughs> <laughs> no. Quickest review ever. So uh, we start off sort of where we left off. Our tombstone is going off as nut to his henchman because he just got beat up and he wants his soul stone back. He wants Power Man and Iron Fist. Blah, blah, blah. Spread the word. Oh, now, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have to clarify. It is not the Soul Stone. Oh, sorry. That's part, of, that's part of the Infinity Gauntlet. I've been playing too much Warcraft, so... Yeah. This is the Super Soul Stone. Yes, the Super Soul Stone. Um, and Henry Reaper Manigo and Gilbert Grimm Manigo, if that's how you pronounce it, uh, they're just henchmen. And they're like, yep, sure, whatever you, whatever you say. Was he doing that mad whisper thing? That freaks me out. Now, don't you think it's a bit odd that this is not the same? We find out very quickly that this is not the same day. This is the next day. And no one has cleaned Tombstone's office yet. Maybe they're just scared to go in there. But you think... Um, I didn't actually know it was the next <laughs> day. I, I assumed it was immediately after what had happened, because he is standing in his office. Um, yeah. So, and it's trashed. That's a good point. Anyway, we get some, uh, we get a bunch of pretty, uh, I don't know if they're obscure cameos, but I'm guessing a lot of them are either from Power Man or from Power Man and Iron Fist. In fact, there's no one here exclusive to Iron Fist, well, except for one guy, which we'll get to. Well, um, Ruby, Ruby Thursday. Yeah. Uh, the girl with the smashing body and the bowling ball head. Is, Literally uh, bowling ball head, by the way, guys. We're not joking. Is uh, from Namor. So that's actually from the Iron Fist tie-in with Namor from back in the day. Oh, my. Then we got Angar the Screamer, who I'm not sure if he came in Daredevil or Iron Fist first. Either way, he got beat up by both of them, so whatever. And I thought well, he was dead as well. Uh, he shows up a bunch. He is the one who actually trained... Um, oh, God, what was her villain name before she became a superhero? Screaming Mimi, 
who then be, became one of the, uh, oh God, what was their name? The group of supervillains that were pretending to be superheroes. Uh, Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts, yeah. And she became, is it Songbird or something? Yeah, Songbird. I mean, that group's motivation has changed a lot. I don't even know. Anyway. <laughs> um, then we got Cockroach Hamilton. And they're all uh, Rocket Racer, Hypno Hustler, and they're all pretty much just talking about, you know, apparently Iron Fist, there's like rumors Iron Fist and Power Man are getting back together, you know, and there's something about the Super Soul Stone. Basically, the word is getting out that Tombstone wants the Super Soul Stone taken from Power Man and Iron Fist. And, and then we have the Hood and Thunderball. And the Hood, who, in issue one, Lonnie said he won the Super Soul Stone necklace from the hood in a poker game. Yeah. Is they're stating it's worthless and Thunderball is saying that's that's not what I heard. And Enchantress told me and the hood's going, if that thing had any real value, you think I'd let Tombstone win in a card game. Yeah. And we're gonna quickly find out that the hood is wrong. And then we have uh God sorry. Black who, who is Arthur? Who's Arthur? Yeah, I mean, the panel below the hood and Thunderball. Hey, yeah. Uh, I don't think we've met Arthur yet. I think it's uh, a random connection for Black Mariah that we don't know yet. Uh, Well, listeners, feel free to correct us if we're forgetting stuff, because we're not not in Power Man and Iron Fist yet. We're still in the uh, old Iron Fist series, so there's a lot of things here we're probably missing a bit. Um... Anyway, uh, yeah, he's pretty much telling Black Mariah that Power Man and Iron Fist stole the stone from uh, Tombstone, and, you know, they can't be that hard to find. Yeah. And he says he hates them too. So, and I mean, yeah, everyone, Black... everybody pretty much commented that they hate Power Man and Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, obviously, Black Mariah and uh, Jen, Jenny. Yeah, Jenny. That's mm-hmm. her name, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, they obviously already know that they took it because, you know, Power Man and Iron Fist just gave it to them. All right, so Black Mariah's on the phone with Arthur. She confirms that, you know, uh, what's going on that they heard. Of course they heard because they have it. And uh, she immediately gets off the phone and says they pretty much got to pack up and split because... Once somebody catches up with Power Man and Iron Fist and then finds out they in turn handed the stone slash necklace over to her, they're then going to come looking for them. So we need to get out of here. Then we go to the Excelsior Diner. Yep. So we have some, yeah, uh, the, the Luke Cage and Danny are sitting there. And um, the reason why I say this is next day is because we ended the issue with Danny in his T-shirt in his closet, reminiscing through all the old Power Man and Iron Fist stuff. Yeah, that's true. And now we're back at the diner that they were at the day before, I think, if I remember correctly. They brought her there after they got her out of jail. Yeah. And they're obviously eating breakfast because Danny's got a big old plate of pancake slap flapjack slap whatever the hell you call them in your country probably i don't know sloppy hats or something <laughs> now uh luke cage is like getting annoyed he's like what are you doing danny's like well what do you mean what i'm doing and luke he's like well why are you wearing the mask and danny goes i like wearing the mask it feels good you should try it it's liberating and luke's annoyed because since danny's wearing the mask people are taking pictures and posting you can on facebook and stuff yeah the world that we now live in. All because you're wearing a mask at lunch. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, and then Luke's like, why are, we have, why are we even having lunch? I just saw you yesterday. And, essentially, Danny just wants to get the gang back together. Well, the duo, I guess. Well, he is shaggy now, so you can't say that. Get the gang back together. Yeah. Um... The dumbification of Danny Rand is what's happening. We'll talk about that. Um, 
witnessing it before our eyes. So, you know, Danny's like, think about all the great times we had, and it just has, you know, flashes of them fighting, like, the Constrictor, Sabretooth, uh, them standing alongside Misty and Colleen, and, uh, you know, Danny mentions he misses Misty. Um, we've really got to cover those uh, two Deadpool issues where he teams up with Power Man and Iron Fist, because those are just absolutely hilarious. Um, have you read them? The 70s flashback one? Yeah. With the albino pimp? Yeah. Of course. And, like, the, the warriors and everything is great. Um, <laughs> um, and, yeah, Danny's pretty much just trying to convince uh, Luke Cage, you know, that it was fun. And Luke Cage it's... is saying, you know, he's remembering things differently. Yeah. In a whole different perspective. <laughs> yeah. So then we go back to Lonnie. Yeah. Whose house is still a mess. And the Grimm brothers. Still talking to him. He still wants them. They're like, oh, we, we're still looking for him. We've got a lead, pretty much. And then they get off the phone. He's like, we found him an hour ago. What are you telling them about? He goes, yeah, but if you remember last time, we got our, our butts kicked by him. And there's a scene of them pretty much getting their faces pounded in by both Power Man and Iron Fist at the same time. And the other brother's yep. like, true. So we're just going to kick back and watch it for a while. And they say, check it out. Looks like someone else is here for those chumps. What? So we're just going to sit back and let them do all the hard work. And into the diner marches, dun, 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 Arthur. So I'm guessing this is the Arthur who was on the phone. Gorilla Man Negan. I'm sure he's been in something before. Oh, he's been in Namor. Oh, Gorilla Man? Right. And, uh... Black Tarantula. Yeah. And Didn't he's actually... he just go by Tarantula, or is this a new person in the Tarantula guy's... Uh... Pretty sure it's the same dude, and he is probably, like, the only person here that's not sort of a joke at this point. Because it used to be a red, black outfit, and he had, like, spikes on his fronts of his boots. And he he had an open face mask, so you can see the lower half of his face, and he had a a mustache. And Luke Cage is saying fiddle-faddle a lot. Yes, the fiddle faddle is, is high in this issue. And we have Danny's face as he's mid pancake. <laughs> um, so yeah, Black Tarantula and uh, Gorilla Man essentially just go, look, hands it over, or things will get messy. And Luke's like, hold on a minute, did Magilla Gorilla here just call us thieves? That he did, and his friend Spider Ninja just threatened us. Well, I'm sure we can talk about this. What do you say, Magilla? And if we have the side of the diner exploding. Yep, sure just the, like the corporation's going to pay for that. And Magilla Gorilla and Luke Cage are into it, right across the hood of the Grimm Brothers. It's Gorilla Man, not Magilla Gorilla. And uh, Tarantula gets a taste of Danny's sneaker. Yep, I mean, essentially these... Essentially Luke Cage and... thing. Okay. Um, so, uh, essentially, Danny and Luke are beating the snot out of these guys. Really. They don't seem to be having much trouble at all. In fact, it's... Well, the fight is portrayed pretty comically. Um, and then we have Spider-Woman and... Spider-Woman, a.k.a. Gwen Stacy. Okay, is someone going to update me on that? I thought she was in her own universe. Uh, no, I think she got brought into ours. Uh... Also, can, can someone please update me on why Jessica Drew is now, like, 18 years old? How did that happen? Like, I, I read select the select few Marvel comics because the rest is just trash garbage. They're just trying to do headliners to get in new readers, and it's not working. Well, at least I hope it's not working, because... I mean, why the... Why the f*** is Gwen Stacy in 616? Just why? I mean... God damn, that annoys me. Anyway, um... 
Yeah, so any listeners, if you want to enlighten me, please go ahead because, yeah, I'm confused and annoyed. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, Spider-Woman Jessica Drew is essentially just filming it on her phone, which also has a Spider-Woman cover, which is pretty vain if you ask me, and she's saying, would you look at that? It's true, they're back together. Who are you talking about? Iron Fist and Power Man. At least I still think he's going by Power Man. And then Spider-Gwen's like, wait, I thought that Power Man was the one dating the white target chick. All this stuff I don't know about, by the way. I remember the other Power Man being a real obnoxious dude. And, um, I mean... Yeah, they're being really weird. They're like, I hope, you know, they get their shirts torn off. It looks good. And they're, they're pretty much acting like, you know, teenage girls. Which yeah. Jessica Drew is not a teenage girl. I mean, so wasn't she like... Me. Wasn't she like pregnant recently or something? I don't know about that, but there was the whole thing with her dating Danny that uh, your favorite author in the world did. Um, and... Yeah, uh... And I'm sure many of our listeners share that sentiment as well. Um, and you just, you'd know that Bendis is going to be editor-in-chief, and it's going to be awful. Oh. It's like Didio over at DC, he's killing it too. (sighs) (laughs) This is the angriest episode ever. You know, I, you know, Jim Shooter's an ass, but we need him back. Because this mm-hmm. is this is getting out of control. Like when he was in charge, he was a jerk. Creators left, stories got butchered, but we got good content. You know, he was like, "No, that's a crap story," or "That's a good story." Not, "Oh, this is you know, let's just make it like the movies," or "Let's aren't even let's just put Bendis in charge of everything, who has awful dialogue." If anyone's read a number of Bender's comics, you realise that everyone talks in the exact same way, and a lot of the times, they just... The sentences just end in question marks. Now think about that next time you pick up a Bender's comic. And it's even present in Alias, Daredevil, and Ultimate Spider-Man, but despite that fact, they are still very good. But yeah... (laughs) Trash writer, absolute trash writer. Like I hate him. Um, uh, anyway, <laughs> so this this five page fight, uh, the fight goes pretty good with the interesting commentary by the two teenage girls that one of them shouldn't be a teenager. Uh, Luke Cage still sticking to the fact that they're not thieves, calling Gorilla Man Curious George. Um, Tarantula just keeps getting kicked in the face by Danny. Like, literally, he's just getting kicked in the face constantly. Um, that's... Yeah. And, of course, Luke's shirt gets destroyed, like it used to in almost every episode of the uh, Power Man and Air Fist run, and he's like, look at this, this was a Father's Day present from Jessica. <laughs> and Danny's like, see, this is what I mean, the great times we've had. And this Fiddle father. A very interesting picture of Luke. And Danny. See, I told you it was all a bunch of fiddle-faddle. These jokers heard we were back together, and they were looking for a fight, so, you know, give them a rep. Same thing happens to Shang-Chi all the time. One time, we were hanging out. First of all, we're not back together. Second of all, weren't you listening to these two guys? Of course I was listening it's, it's actually, I want to point out that, I don't know if it's intended, but that'd be pretty interesting meta-commentary about how Iron Fist and Shang-Chi are used as full guys. It's like, oh, we need to introduce some big, badass threat that's like this ultimate fighter, so let's just have them beat up Iron Fist or Shang-Chi. Like, I remember when, I think it was White Tiger got boosted or something, and then she fought... Danny and all of us Iron Fist fans are rolling our eyes because we knew that he was going to get his bottom kick just so they could show off how um, powerful she was, I guess. So, I don't know if that was intentional. No, when did that happen? Yeah. This was like a couple of years ago. Because I think, wasn't it the miniseries when she received the amulets in the mail? I think so. That, 
And I think Danny's the one who actually shows up to train her because Daredevil told her, told him to go do it. No, I just remember she really beats him up, and I'm pretty sure it was Bendis as well. Uh, well I think she might get possessed in that and then fight him. Yeah, yeah, no, she's she's possessed. She doesn't just do it. Um, she gets the red eyes. But that was during a drought where Danny had just been getting beat up a lot, or he just punched things because of a certain writer who seems to just think that's what the character is there for. So I won't mention that writer's name. Or how, he, or how he might be editor-in-chief one day and be worse than what we have now. You know who else I miss? Actually, no. Scratch that. I don't miss him at all. <laughs> um, let's continue. So... So the funny thing here is that they have a conversation about the Super Soul Stone, but Danny keeps referring to it as the Filet of Soul because he thinks that's what Tarantula was saying through the mask. And uh, he even goes on that, you know, he's wearing a mask and it kind of muffles his mouth and sometimes his accent gets thick. And this just gets Luke to go, just forget it. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm getting the bottom of this. So... Yeah. See that the diner's completely trashed. Um, the Grimm brothers are on the phone trying to cover their butt with uh, Lonnie slash AKA Tombstone. Yeah. Uh, but... It's not working because of the wonderful world of social media that we live in that Lonnie watched the whole fight go down on Facebook and saw the two idiots sitting in their car doing nothing. So now he's completely heated and uh, holding the phone in front of his face, yelling at it with spit flying everywhere. In the next panel, one of the Grimm brothers is like, he was doing that thing where he holds the phone away from his mouth, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then we see Luke and Danny getting into a smart car, the smallest car on the planet. And uh, Danny's asking where the family truckster is. And again, Luke Cage comes up with a BS excuse because his wife wouldn't let him have the big car. Pretty much. Which we also seem to be painting a very solid picture that Jessica does not like Danny whatsoever. Yeah, and... I never really got the vibe that she disliked him. No, not in any other story at all. In fact, they didn't really interact much at all. And, in fact, they named their child after him. Um, <laughs> so, and, like, naming a kid after it, you know, it's sort of a... You know, Jess could have had to agree to that. And I doubt she would have been like, oh, fine, we'll do it. Um, but, yeah... I guess we'll see where it's going. Much, we have a pretty much one full page here where they're pretty much just recapping what went down in the first episode, in the first issue of how, you know, they, uh, they got their Jenny out of prison and she wanted her grandmother's necklace back and so they went and got it. But now supposedly this necklace is this, actually the super soul stone and... Danny doesn't actually believe it has anything to do with it because I quote, like the panel I posted on our Facebook page, if this filet of soul thing has got mystical powers, how come I don't know about it? And Dan and uh, Luke, of course, is just looking disgusted, saying, why are we having this conversation? And Danny's going, I'm the poster child of mystical powers. I fart mystical powers. I'm pretty that's sure that's Doctor Strange. Powers on lockdown. Yeah, that would be Doctor Strange. I mean, he is the poster child of mystical powers. There's, please, Danny, you just his, his underwear is magical. Uh, yeah, but we got Danny's collar. That's Although true. that that that's more of an alien though, because it's a symbiote. So I'm wondering when they're going to get around to that, or the fact that Danny is, you know, sort of possessed by Agamotto. They never really dealt with that. <laughs> Speaking of loose plot threads. Yeah. I'm just going to assume that got resolved off-panel, and maybe someday in the future some writer will bring it up. Maybe they'll Flash, kill... Flashback of Strange giving him a mystical enema. Well, maybe Danny will get depressed, get a red outfit, get killed again, and then it reveals that was just Agamotto, and Danny's been in a plant thing for, like, 30 years. Um, that never happened, so... so. <laughs> we show up at the Sisters of Redemption Halfway House, a home for recently paroled female convicts. 
And they're still go, going back and back with their little man fight and the fiddle faddles being thrown around. The door is answered by a nun. They ask to see Jenny Royce. The nun basically tells them that she had such high hopes for her, but she kept doing things against the the rules, violating the house rules. And then she got a visitor who was another hardcore criminal, and she pretty much tells them that she's in cahoots with Black Mariah. So that sends everything in a tailspin. Yeah. So they're having a conversation by their car, and Danny even suggests that maybe she's possessed again. And Luke is just pretty much like possessed again, really. I mean, all that matters is she's got the super soul stone, which we stole for her, and she's rolling with Black Mariah. We need to find her before all this fiddle faddle gets more out of control. And Danny's like, well, how are we supposed to do that? And then Mr. Luke Cage, Mr. We're Not Back Together, Mr. It's Never Happening Again. This is what we do. Luke and Danny, baby. We find Jenny and whatever is going on with her, we deal with it. Yep. And then we go back to the new apartment that Jenny and Black Mariah are apparently renting. Uh, Black Mariah uh, is... Looks like she's eating Chinese food and, of course, on her iPhone. And they discuss the secrets that they've been planning forever, how Jenny was actually a cellmate with Necra Sinclair, who is a voodoo, black magic priestess. Look it up in your Marvel Universes, people. She's in there. And she told her all of the secrets of the Super Soul Stone. Yeah. And how you needed to learn the incantations and have this t sacred tattoo design on your body in order to activate it, which is why she is now covered from head to toe in tattoos. So Black Mariah gives her the Super Soul Stone pendant, and she starts chanting a bunch of gibberish while holding it up in the air. And all of a sudden, she feels weird. Something's happening to her. The Soul Stone breaks free. Sorry, Super Soul Stone breaks <laughs> free the pendant. And the tattoos seem to come alive on her body. And, and now it looks like she's got multiple eyes coming out of her chest. Or possible chest or something. Much, much bigger chest. Because <laughs> God knows when you become, you know, a super being, you get a bigger rack. Well, I mean, have you seen the 50-foot woman? And she fell over at the end and died. It was weird. Um, and Black Mariah screamed, Jenny! And there she stands, all funky looking with, like, dark purple eyes and these red stones coming out of her chest and black waves coming off of her body and in a black word bubble. So this is what it feels like to have power to be continued. Yep. So the art was pretty much uh, on the same point with the last issue, which I liked. Um, I was a fan of the art of the last issue. In fact, there was a bit less uh, very odd faces <laughs> this time around. Well, some, some of the odd faces actually make the panels, let's be honest. That's true, but not in the best way. Um, you know, like, with 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 a couple of faces in the first issue, I, was, I wasn't I was laughing with people who appreciate the art, I was laughing at Luke Cage's face, because he looked like an idiot. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, this issue is definitely better than the last issue, because things actually happened. Um, you know, well, uh, we, well, okay, the first issue wasn't bad, but for a first issue, it wasn't great, because nothing... Yeah, it was a weak first issue. But, but this, I... we got fights, uh, the banter was still good, yep, the, uh, was humor was still just, there. It wasn't just banter between Danny and Luke, there was banter between the two Grimm brothers having to deal with Lonnie, which was also pretty funny. And entertaining. Yes, the, the 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 two Grim Brother henchmen were probably the highlight of the issue for me because they're just like, yeah, why would we go in there? So they're just awkwardly sitting in the car. <laughs> um, but I'm just I'm I'm really not I'm really not a fan of uh, Danny right now. Um, like he was a bit of a goof in even a Mortal Weapon, but I guess I was supposed to you know contrast how new he was in comparison to the other Immortal Weapons. Um, but, like, this is, this Danny's an idiot. He's not, you know, like, okay, so he, 
He went through his midlife crisis in Living Weapon, right? That was his big, like, you know, but he dealt with it at the end. It might come up again, but, like, he de- he's dealt with it for now. He got closure. Mm-hmm. You saved the world. You know, he... He has closure, and I understand he's content, and he just wants to sort of, like, you know, fight people now for the right reasons and all that stuff. But he's just a damn goofball here, and... Uh, a goofball's fine, okay, if you're just high on life, because Living Weapon was a pretty horrible ordeal to go through, and if you're just high on life after that, I'm fine. But if you're an idiot who can't add 2 plus 2, then it's just like, I don't know. Danny's just acting too stupid for my taste. And like, he's just clueless. I, I do have to wonder if this is a spin on the whole... Uh, Spider-Man and the Web Warriors Iron Fist because um, what's that? Iron Fist Iron Fist is more of like the goofy surfer dude oh is that Ultimate in the Spider-Man? cartoon yeah in the cartoon that's currently going on I, Disney I hate that with an absolute passion like I really hope they're not going for that characterization because that would imply hope, they haven't I read any Iron Fist go- I hope they don't go for that characterization in the Netflix show because um, Quesadilla has already gone on record saying that the Iron Fist will be a completely different spin compared to any of the other Netflix series. So I'm hoping they do more of the whole uh, Kane in Kung Fu where he's like just wandering New York with the whole view of a monk. I don't think they'll. Um, I don't think they'll make it humorous. I think they'll still keep it like in relative focus with the other Netflix shows. I mean, Jessica Jones is. Uh, I guess Jessica Jones is a thriller. And no, it's not a neo noir. It has that aesthetic, but it is not a neo noir. Sorry, I'm just nitpicking. But Jessica Jones was like a psychological thriller, whereas Daredevil was. Um, you know, a crime, like a dark crime drama. Mm-hmm. But they were both, they both, so they both had different tones, but they were both still serious. So I think with Danny, maybe we'll just get like, you know, hopefully a badass kung fu genre. Uh, I hope so. You know, like just some, just some good old Fist of Fury or something like that. Um, like, let's be honest, the talent they could bring in from overseas to turn this into a kung fu epic on, of untouched proportion is ridiculous. You get Tony Jar in there, Tiger Chen, like, I mean, yes. Uh, I'd be interested to see who they get for Shang-Chi if that rumor is true, because they I could, hope so. They, that, that's, uh, they could really hit a gold mine um, getting a good actor and fighter for Shang-Chi, because there's, yeah. Um... I'd love for them to tie in the original, you know, brothers of the the Tiger Brothers into with the White Tiger. I want, I'd love to see that happen. Like, you know, the the three become the one actually as a background story. Mm. I yeah, I'm mostly from what I've seen and heard, which you know is not much, but I feel like they will be adapting like you know the earlier Marvel premiere stuff, and that that's what I want to hear. I, I didn't want them just to do, you know, a Mortal Iron Fist because it's the popular one. Because that, I guess that story's a good jumping off point, but I feel like it's not a good jumping off point, you know, to for the character, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's a great look into the universe, but, you know, Danny is uh, more reactive in that series as opposed to proactive. Like, I really want the whole big revenge story, you know, I'm a living weapon, what does that mean? You know, I want all that stuff um, for the show. And um, I have I have faith the show will be good. They haven't messed up with any casting or anything so far. I, as, my, like, as I said, I really did like Jessica Jones for 8 out of 13 episodes, which is still, like, you know, not bad. Um, mm-hmm. And like, uh, it, it, and it wasn't the fault of like the casting or the acting. It was just for me the plot got like just really stupid. Like they, 
it was like, oh, we really have to finish this to get this out on time. We need to wrap up this story we set up really quick. That's what it felt like. And, you know, that that makes sense considering the production because Daredevil went well and they're like, quick, we got to shove out Jessica Jones, you know, in what? How many months? Do they get, like, six months to do it? And, yeah, uh, but I think they recorded that whole thing in, like, three weeks. Oh. Yeah, well, see, Daredevil has had, like, a year, and it shows because this new season of Daredevil, it feels like it's following up from the first, but it fixes all of the issues the first series had. Like, the first series, you know, I'm going to say it had pacing problems. You know, mm-hmm. if it was if it was just a Karen and Ben Urich scene, I was snoring. Um, but, yeah, pacing, it's perfect in this. So, uh, I'm, like, hoping that by the time Iron Fist... Since Iron Fist is going to be last, you know, they'll, they'll have a lot better idea of what works and what doesn't work. That's Let's hope so. That's just my two cents. I guess that was a bit of a ramble, but yeah. All right. Speaking of rambling, are you watching any of the DC shows? No. Okay, so you're not watching the monstrosity called. Uh, what the hell's it called? I mean, Legends. The the Legends of Tomorrow. I I don't really watch any like much TV, like, literally the only reason I'm watching Daredevil is because Daredevil's one of my favorite characters. I only watched Jessica Jones in, uh, because I knew an Iron Fist character was in it. Plus, mm-hmm. I really wanted to see David Tennant as uh, the Purple Man, and he did not disappoint, so... Yeah. I mean, I would... Yeah. Uh, the DC shows don't appeal to me at all. Like, I watched all Smallville, but as some of our listeners know, I love Superman, so that's why mm-hmm. I watched it. Um... Now, have you watched Supergirl? Because there's a couple appearances of him in there also. Yeah, and all the Superman fans, like the, the, the podcast guys I listen to, they're all in pretty much... And, like, some of these guys have been reading Superman since the 50s. And some mm-hmm. of them have been reading Superman since the 80s. So this is, like, a big mix a mix of Superman fans, and they're all just unanimously all over and praising Supergirl, but I just can't bring myself to watch it. It just it just really doesn't appeal to me. Um, I enjoy it. I'm not the Superman fan you are. I enjoy the show. Um, it is definitely geared towards the younger crowd and even I'm going to say pushing for the female crowd, which is fine. Oh, I mean but... definitely. I mean the the whole reason Supergirl was created is so that girls could have a Superman. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess well, that's, I, yeah. It doesn't stink. <laughs> well, from, it's not Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> from what I've heard, the best thing about it is it really captures the spirit of what characters like Superman are all about, and it's fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I guess a lot of these people, uh, a lot of the people who praise it, though, not the other podcasters, because they liked Man of Steel, but a lot of them hated Man of Steel, and I actually quite liked that movie. I have no problem with um, you know, a darker tone for things, so I'm not sure if a lot of these praises for Supergirl are just like, hey, look, it's a Superman thing and it's not dark, so it's good, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only Superman Man of Steel issue I had was the whole, you know, don't save your dad crap. Yeah, that was garbage. I hated that. Like, that movie, I really liked it, but that that was just trash that bit like that because when you get to you know in all the all the early Superman stuff 30s and 40s his parents just died of natural causes then in the 50s George Reeves show his dad died of a heart attack which they kept in the Christopher Reeve movie and that was perfect you know why because it showed that Superman can't save everyone you know because he just died of a heart attack but in this the message was like don't show the world who you are until you're ready but it's like he he still goes around saving people anyway like he saves that oil rig he essentially travels the world saving people anyway so that message had no purpose mm-hmm. and it just it just doesn't make sense in the context of the movie and I'm really glad that the mother is good in that movie because I just think Jonathan Kent's worthless in uh, that movie like he just sucks yes 
Um, now, also, that oil rig save is supposedly going to make a reappearance in Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, there was rumors even during Man of Steel that, um, whatchamacallit, like, I remember, because this is in production leaks and stuff of the oil rig scene that uh, Aquaman had something to do with the attack on the oil rig. Something like that. You know, it, it was one of those crazy conspiracy theories, but they might, you know, actually do something like that for Batman vs. Superman. Well, um, I had that Superman actually sinks all the way to the bottom of the ocean because he's knocked out. And obviously because if a man can breathe, doesn't need to breathe in space, he doesn't need to breathe underwater. Yeah. So he just sinks. Plus, and Aquaman is actually the one who bring, finds him and brings him back up to the surface. Plus, Superman was probably just high or something. He looked like he was tripping. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, whales and stuff. Yeah, I know this is off-tangent, guys, but, well, we are a comic book podcast, and I know some of you do enjoy our tangents, so if you don't, send us an email. <laughs> mm. Yes, but, yeah, no, The uh, how are you feeling about Batman vs. Superman? Um... I, I know you're... Uh, I know you have your source that says it was garbage a few times, but do you think it'll be any good, or...? Uh, it's still so up in the air. I mean, they they shot new footage, so they could have fixed all the problems. Uh, my source said that the was screened seven different times, which is bad. That's really bad. Usually they screen it once, give it the thumbs up and the thumbs down, and then fixes are made and it's screened again. This fixes were made six times. And uh, it led to reshoots several times. I think they did two different types of reshoots. One was to put more Batman in. We all heard about that. Because they cannot let go. DC cannot let go of Batman. Like, they, they, ever since the Dark Knight trilogy, they've just been milking the crap out of him. And it has turned Batman fans off, including me. Yes, I used to be a Batman fan. And it has turned me off the character... They're milking the crap out of him. They're milking the crap of this really dumb Joker Batman codependency. Do not get me started on that topic, because I will not stop. Time will end, and I'll be talking about how stupid that Joker Batman codependency is. Um, and it's like... Well, you have to understand that he's their cash cow. But it's... I know, Matt, but it's just Matt, so Matt, much Matt, overexposure. Please. George Clooney has done the movie it still made them a small fortune well Man of Steel made as much profit as Batman Begins and what did Batman Begins go on to The Dark Knight I mean mm-hmm. I feel like I, I don't know as a, as a Superman fan I just really wanted like a Superman sequel and all these trailers are setting him up as the bad guy. And that's the other problem. The marketing is setting up Superman as, like, you know, he might be a bad guy. But it's like, well, he just gave us, like, a three-hour movie telling us how much of a good guy he is. So, <laughs> where's the... Well, to be honest, they're addressing a lot of questions that the fans actually brought up after the movie came out about how there was so much destruction that he didn't do anything about it. I mean, maybe because he was in India, you know, saving the world. Um, it's like uh, people complain that Superman's too overpowered, that he can save everyone. Then people complain that, you know, on his first day on the job, he struggles. Like, it's just, you can't win with some people. Um, I mean, personally, personally, like you, my problem with Man of Steel was Jonathan Kent. That just the message that put across... And the other big problem was the really awkward jump from him being really upset over Zod's death to everything being really happy all of a sudden, just at, like, the end of the movie. It's like, oh, Zod's dead. Yep, now everyone's happy. He's working at the Daily Planet. I'm like, wait, whoa, that got rebuilt? What's happening here? But other than that, yeah. I don't know. It's a movie. Yeah. And that, yeah, that it, it's a movie, and... I mean, it came out, at, what, three years at least ago? It, at least this has been a kid didn't kill somebody with a grand piano and nobody mentioned it. Oh, my God. 
yeah, I mean, you think this is bad. Superman was a deadbeat dad in, like, Superman Returns. Not to mention, he had sex with Lois Lane in Superman 2. Just think about that. Oh. That's not something you need to see on screen, I think. Um, but yeah, it's just a movie. And this movie came out three years ago. And people are still arguing about it. I don't get it. That's actually a good thing. I mean, it it is a it's a good thing. It's a blockbuster movie that's caused discussion for three consecutive years, um, which shows that Superman is still relevant in some capacity, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see on this Batman vs Superman thing. All I know is that Ben Affleck's going to kill it. And Henry Cavill's gonna kill it, so they're the two leads, right? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. All the uh, all the Ben haters, I think, are gonna eat their words. I never just got from the cli- just from the clips I've seen. I've never got the Ben Affleck hate. I mean, even in Daredevil, he was the best thing about that movie, which is not saying that much to be true, but <laughs> still, he was a good Matt Murdock. Um, Especially if you watch the director's cut, which is ten times better. Oh, yeah. Theatrical cuts, stay away from that crap. Um, in fact, I would go as far to say as Ben Affleck's as good a Matt Murdock as Charlie Cox is. You know, um, he's just suited for the role. And it's funny, because I always made a joke about how Ben Affleck's data <laughs> is a better Batman than Christian Bale, and then we got Ben Affleck as Batman, so pff, there you go. Oh, this is too much DC talk, though. I'll have to cut, I'll have to cut some of this out, I think. Um, I'll just have to put a put a warning at the beginning at what point we completely stop talking about Iron Fist so you can that, turn it off. That's true, actually, because some people might want to listen to it, so I probably shouldn't just cut it. I should just... Yeah, well, we might actually get an email over these conversations. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say about Batman? <gasps> Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, fans. Carl still thinks Michael Keaton is the best Batman. Oh, man, because Michael Keaton is a fantastic, fantastic person. I haven't... <sighs> He's so good. He's no Nicolas Cage, though. So, yeah, uh, what's your overall... We're not, we're not going to talk about the Civil War trailer they dropped with all this other stuff we talked about, Underoos, and how people are blowing up about his costume and his voice and how his eyes get bigger and smaller. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to say this is this is the episode where Connor just lays down some cold, hard truths for you folks. <laughs> just, guys, it is 10 seconds of footage, and Spider-Man has been rebooted like twice in the past ten years. Ten seconds. It's like three and a half seconds. I mean, my God, guys, just don't freak out. I mean, you, it's just another iteration of Spider-Man. Okay, it's mm-hmm. you know he's probably going to get rebooted again in about two weeks. And, and guess what? This time it's actually done by Marvel. Uh, so if it should give you should give it as wide as wide of a berth as possible because Marvel has their property back. See, I think I think Marvel I don't trust Marvel to be able to put soul into a Spider Man movie, which is what a Spider Man movie needs, but I guess we'll see. Spider Man two, best movie ever. Well that was Sony. What no was that Sony? Yeah, it was, it was Sony. Yeah. But Spider-Man 2 still the best. It's amazing. And so many people hate the first two Spider-Man movies, yet they are so reminiscent of the uh, Ramita Sr. and Stan Lee run, like, just in the tone and feeling and stuff. And people are like, oh, but Tobey Maguire is such a loser. I'm like, well, yeah. He's Peter Parker. Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> He's a complete loser. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, like the look of, I like the look of Spider-Man. I like how they can do the narrow eyes of the 60s and the big eyes of, you know, the McFarlane sort of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, in fact, that's probably the, actually, no, I still don't know if I'm going to see the movie. Yeah. Yeah, you are, shut up. Uh, still haven't seen that, man, still haven't seen Avengers 2. What? 
Yeah, no, man. I, I, Ant-Man is fantastic. I got turned right off after Civil War. I was like, that's it. I, I, you know, you know, Seinfeld and, uh, when Jerry was in Curb Your Enthusiasm, he just throws his hands off and walks out of the theater. That was pretty much me at the end of Winter Soldier. I'm just like, I'm done with Marvel now. It's... I love Winter Soldier. Yeah. I, yeah, God, we've talked about Winter Soldier at least four times, though, so there's no point going into it again. <laughs> yeah. Look, lots of stuff coming up, and it's just going to keep rolling. Deadpool's yep. still making piles of money. Yep. So we're definitely going to sequel for that. Um, but most importantly, uh, you know, my, my big area of excitement is obviously these Netflix shows, because I am loving Daredevil. Looking forward to Iron Fist. Looking forward to Luke Cage. Not too happy they gave Jessica Jones a second season. Think that could have been used on, you know, other heroes, but whatever. Um, you know, I wouldn't be uh, surprised if Frank got his own series as well, which would be good, unless they kill him off or something. Because you know, spoiler for season one warning: they kill Ben Urich. So I mean, Jesus, I guess anyone's on the cards now. Um, but I want Moon Knight. Yeah, everyone wants Moon Knight, but I've ne- I just never read him. It just seems like such a huge, complicated thing to get into. You know, I've read a couple of appearances with him in Shadowland. There's all this stuff about three personalities, Egyptian artifacts, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is confusing. Oh yeah, it gets very muddled. The uh, one of my favorite runs is a six-issue mini. Uh, called Moon Knight Fist of Kanshu and uh, it's a great story and in that, in that story he actually gains superpowers yeah wait he doesn't already have superpowers no okay no he has no superpowers at all the um in Fist of Kanshu uh, because Kanshu's the god of the moon the god of travelers the god of you know five other things yeah um, depending on the type of moon depends on how much strength he has. So if the moon is full, he can lift up to like 10 tons. But if it's just like, you know, a sliver, he can lift maybe one. Huh. So the moon actually, like like the sun powers Superman. Yeah, yeah. The moon was powering Moon Knight. That's interesting. Well, what do you think? There's rumors going around that they'll kill Superman in, uh this movie and like bring him back in Justice League or something oh yeah I've heard that the whole death of Superman might happen I'd like that because I don't know I can't like just I, I can't picture the movie ending in any you know the Man of Steel had a impact of an ending you know when he killed Zod there was like you know implications and everything whereas Batman vs Superman it just seems like they're just gonna team up and beat up Doomsday but if Superman dies then it's something to talk about. You know what I mean? Makes it. No, if it does happen, I have to wonder if they're going to do the whole, you know, Rocky two punch out death scene, or is Superman going to get killed and Wonder Woman and Batman going to actually take Doomsday out? Oh, that'd be lame. You have to have Doomsday and Superman killing each other with the punch. That's iconic. Or did you see the movie Superman Doomsday, the animated one? No, I didn't see that one. He like gives him a big suplex from space. <laughs> And it kills both of them. That was pretty. That was pretty cool as well. But I mean, the the most interesting thing about Death and Return of Superman is, you know, the stuff that comes after the death, because the death mm-hmm. is just a big fight, you know. So, yeah. <sighs> cool. Well, that about wraps us up. Um, I'll post my little, you know, admin stuff at the end. And uh, yeah, peace, guys. Peace. Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney, and any music or images we use belong to their respective copyright holders, and we do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, send us anything you want really, even if it's not about Iron Fist, Um, and if you don't want it read it on the air, just mention that. Um, You can also reach us at Facebook. The Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. Our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon with hyphens where the spaces are. 
our YouTube, Connor Carl. Just search Iron Fist Podcast on YouTube and you'll find us real quick. And then there's our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast.wordpress.com. We are also on iTunes. Feel free to rate us there. If you rate us less than five stars, well, just tell us what we're doing wrong and we'll try and improve that. And last but not least, we are on Podcast Garden in the literature section. And thanks to Thomas Tissot for the theme song at the start. And thanks.